Yo, everybody, Trey here from the Ednium Podcast. Hope everybody is thriving as usual. Uh, really exciting uh, conversation for you all this week. We have uh, the new DPS superintendent, Dr. Alex Morero, uh, came through, sat down, kept it real. You know, really, really gave us some um, insight as to who he is as a human being and uh, kind of what his vision is and, and how he wants to approach this district. And, you know, it's, it's exciting for me uh, just to see someone who is representative of our communities uh, being able to have the opportunity to lead this district. We talk a lot about what does it mean to, you know, support? What does it mean to build? What does it mean to grow? And what does it mean to really, truly be able to make a difference in people's lives? I think y'all will really enjoy it. As, and I hope you did as much as I had enjoyed having the conversation. Uh, and with that, let's get to it. Peace. And we are live. How you living, man? Terrific, terrific, terrific. Especially on the Saturday morning, Teray. Yes, sir. You got me open Saturday morning in the office. Thank you for that. Nah, no doubt. Hey, I figured you would be here anyway. <laughs> You're already in here. It looked like you were deep in the work, man. Yeah, yeah. It's time to really reflect, but also get back to those emails uh, that come in, yeah. in in a fury. Yeah, I bet. Especially this week. Did you, did you get a break at all? Yeah, during this past uh, holiday break, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we went to New York, yep. home. Good. It's still home, although we live here, right? So home is where you rest your head. So let me correct that if I can. Yeah, yeah. This is home, Denver. Yep. It was good to reconnect with a uh, few family and few friends. And I say few because everybody was dealing with COVID. Mm. So, I did hear that. Like mad people got oh, sick over the break. Oh, my goodness. Um, my uh, cousin who had a newborn, three months old, the whole squad, the whole family caught COVID. Damn. And we didn't get a chance to meet him. So it was frustrating. Yeah. So so much so that we uh we left early. You're like this. So um my uh my kids I have a five year old, I have mm -hmm. a three year old. Yeah. No, all of the ones school. go to the same school. Yeah. Um, they got home and a ridiculous amount of gifts. Yep. And I was frustrated because how am I supposed to take this over? <laughs> you had to pay for all the shipping. And the no, no, I'll tell you what I did. So, and, and on top of that, we're cooped up here on the north side, mm -hmm. which is lovely, yeah. but hella gentrified, mm -hmm. right? So they got me in a hole in the wall, nice luxury, looks nice, better than these walls, mm -hmm. but you can't even spread your elbows out there. Mm. So I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not taking any of this. Barbie dream house, the size of you. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. So here's what we did. Since it was so frustrating, we changed uh, the flights, and there was some rumors that they were going to shut down during the holiday. Yeah. So no, we, we got on, on the horn with JetBlue. We shifted it. Um, my man mm -hmm. uh, over in Queens uh, is going through something, so he's getting rid of all his properties, looking to move down south. And he has an old, old truck. Hmm. And I said, I'll take that off your hands. Ah. Right? Uh, so I, uh, I didn't have a rental. So that was my rental. So he, the loaner. Yep. And I said, I'm just, I'm just going to cop this from you. Right. Yep. So it's the same thing of buying a, a, a no, renting something that I'm going to give back in a, a week or two. And uh, took it to, took it to the Bronx. My man, I'm on the way. Make sure this, this can go at least 2,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old pickup. Last it's thing a, you need to be broken down with a bunch of Barbie 2002 houses. Chevy Avalanche. If you guys know what that is. And, and those days, those, those were all right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the Escalade EST. Uh, <laughs> No, the second version, Back in right? The day, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so, the, the uh, Chrysler 300. Of yeah, the, that's right. Of the, that's yeah. right. The truck version. <laughs> yep. So um, all in all, uh, I took uh, my wife and my kids early to the airport, LaGuardia. Night before, I dismantled all those uh, Paw Patrol towers and those mm -hmm. dream houses, put them in the bed of the thing, 
I picked up a dog that my man was holding, right? So, Dang. and I said, I'm out of here. So 26 hours later, I came here. You so, came back with a truck and a dog. Yeah. And a whole lot of gifts. And a whole lot of gifts. I mean, that's a win when dad pulls up. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a win. I feel you on the like the extra gifts, man. I swear to God, every single time my uh, wife goes to her mom's house, we're coming home with some new Barbies, some new stuff. Yes. We're running out of space. And my daughter don't ever want to throw away nothing. Yeah. Isn't that different? I don't know. And I'm, I'm assuming that you probably can relate to this. Um, I had two toys. Mm. And they were a Mickey Mouse and a Daffy Duck. Really? I don't know. Or Donald. Which which was the one that wears the blue? Come on. That's that's Donald. That's Donald. Donald, my bad. Yeah. Donald. I might be lying. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Daffy is, is the, the funny cat, right? Yeah. The Donald is a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or... <laughs> that guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and while I always remember, because my brother and I would fight over it, mm-hmm. and it took us to our teenage years when we started to live, I guess, a better life, that we realized that the hole on the bottom of that toy mm-hmm. really meant that it was a piggy bank. Mm. So we were we made these two things. They were pretty large. They were like 20, 26 uh, inches or so. Those two piggy banks were our toys. Huh. And we were content with that because we would go outside all the time. Yeah, yeah. I feel guilty that I think we're really spoiling our kids. I know I am. And I get into it with my wife and she's like, stop it. No, mm-hmm. we have the means. So I, I'm struggling with that, just so you know. Yeah. As, a, as a dad, I remember what it was to, to appreciate what you don't have. And now I think that we may be overindulging. Yeah. Uh, our kids. So that's a little bit of my I, personal drama that I have to deal with. I think about that a lot, man. I mean, I was fortunate where I I had a big family, you know what I mean? So like you always, and I had whatever, separated parents. So it was almost like two Christmases, you know what I mean? You had that. But I've been thinking a lot about my son, particularly he's 11 and thinking about like the shit I'd already seen by the time I was his age. And it's like, how do you, a lot of it was trauma, but a lot of it is like what I honestly feel is kind of like informed my ability to be able to like thrive and move out here, right? Yeah. And so it's like, damn, like some lessons you're not going to learn until you feel it. So how do I teach him that without him having to go through some of the stuff that we had to go through? And I, I, hear, I haven't cracked I that code. I, I hear you. I don't. I haven't either. And I, I wonder if we if we need to experience them that whole scare straight approach, mm-hmm. right? So I can go ahead and take them to the hood which was my plan during mm-hmm. this break. And even when we go overseas, like the the, the hood here is more civilized than the hoods out yeah. you know, in, in the Caribbean, right? Some yeah. of these places, like you, you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. So there's levels to hoods. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Um, but I'm, I don't know if that's going to teach them the hard way mm-hmm. or like what we're dealing with educators here, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we're going to get deep into what's happened in DPS, but I know that I can't, have someone experience what I experienced, and I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. But the adult, the professional, should be able to put themselves in a place to shift their mindset. Exactly. So maybe we need to do that with our kids. Yeah. Because I don't know if I want them to, you know, step over crack vials. Like, that's not normal. Yeah. And, you know, we would just hop right over them at 7 a.m. when mm-hmm. we were all going to the a neighborhood that I'll be looking to look over my shoulder, mm-hmm. dress inappropriately at present day. Uh, kids just going to school. Yeah. You wake up in the morning um, and the neighbor that you were just, uh, I guess, uh, toying with wrestling with, right? Because they're mm-hmm. adults and they're showing you flashy things that a kid should not see. Mm-hmm. Things that go boom. Mm-hmm. No, powder that, powder that is not talc. Mm-hmm. That's not something the kids should see. No. But when you wake up in the morning and you remember hearing boom, 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 a door, and then you see that the, the awning from the bodega is uh 
is crashed in and you find out that Guillermo jumped out the window because they were coming to get him. That's not normal. <laughs> this, this is how yeah. I grew up. Yeah. I don't want to put my my kids through that. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. It's crazy this stuff will normalize and not realize was normal until yeah. later. It's wild. Tell, tell me a little bit more about your, about coming up, man. I mean, from the picture you just painted to where you're at right now and yeah. you, you're sitting over here, I mean, tell me like, man, I'm nervous. I got to go interview the superintendent. Like, no. how do you, what was that transition? No. What was that journey? So I'll start with the present and then I'll give you a, a bit of the story. There's so much. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering how much I'm going to get into. Perhaps you can invite me yeah. back so we can just Absolutely. take a journey Absolutely. until uh, I go, we'll call it you know, upbringings that molded you or something like Absolutely. that. Because there's a whole lot. Every single time I'm asked that question, I tell a different uh, variation of the story because it's just so much. Mm-hmm. But right now, you said uh, nervous to interview the superintendent. I think I've proven myself. I've said it during the interview process uh, and every opportunity that I get, even the way that I'm positioning and enunciating my words. I'm not your typical superintendent. Yeah. I know so. Yeah. Um, and, and I love the fact that I'm not your typical. Yeah. Um, I can dance with the best of them, mm-hmm. right? From Harvard, if you look closely and you peek around there, you see uh, that not only did I belong, I excelled in mm-hmm. places like that. But can you really dance, though? But can, can <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll see. We'll see. With the bachata, I'm all right. Merengue, okay. Salsa I, is hard, my yeah. brother. You can you can salsa? No, no, I can't. I was getting made fun of all Thanksgiving. I'm I'm yeah. about to take classes. Salsa is hard. I, listen, maybe we need to do it. In, no, I'm with w- that. W- with your missus, my missus, yeah. so I don't look like a clown out there. <laughs> um, so I used to get a whole lot of hate from my Puerto Rican buddies growing up, you know, being Dominican and half Cuban. Cuban salsa mm-hmm. all the way. And uh, Dominican is merengue, el perico ripiao. You know what that is with the accordion? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a fast version of merengue. Okay, okay. And uh, bachata, of course, which is taken off. Yeah. I, I, but I grew up around a whole lot of, uh, you know, hood people. So I was too cool to dance. Yeah. Right? At one point, I was like, nah, that's what they do. Yeah. So yeah. we always hold up the wall with our legs. Yeah. You know? Don't yep. post up and like, oh, let them do it. Observe the mm-hmm. nice things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And be like, okay, after this all done, well, that one could move. That's the one that we're gonna put a move on. Yeah, so yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit too too nah, comfortable. I feel, no, right I, I completely feel you. I, I know exactly. <laughs> that, what you're that's, saying. that was the game plan then. So I didn't get that opportunity to to really embrace culture mm. uh, until a little bit later um, in my in my young career, mm. my young life, I should say. So not being your typical superintendent, um, I love that. Every single time I'm in a conversation with the council of Great City Schools. That means the largest districts in the nation, from mm-hmm. the New York City that has 1.2 million students, all the way down to uh, even Aurora, who's part of it, that has 40,000. So anything above 40,000, there's not many of us. So mm-hmm. let's say there's 100 or so, and we meet weekly, especially during COVID. And I play my part, right? I'm not going to be that renegade, crazy uh, new superintendent. Uh, this is the first opportunity that I've engaged with the council because uh, last year, when I was serving as superintendent, we didn't qualify for it because we, mm. you know, we were not so large small. enough. Yeah. Um, so being in there, me being very familiar with some of the folks who I've met, only a few Latinos, and those are the ones that I know. Yeah. So you, I, I'm no different than that middle school student. Mm. We're on the Zoom. You know I'm using the chat box. Say, oh, yeah, que pasa? Yeah, yeah. Or I, I'm guilty of saying this. When someone says something I don't agree with, let me tell you the real story. This happened <laughs> this week. Can I? Yeah. Now, uh, folks out there, y- your audience doesn't judge, I hope. I mean, I hope now. I mean, we try <laughs> to right, keep it real good. on the spot. That's what we hope people come for. So we we're speaking of of COVID response and some of the districts who were considering going remote, mm-hmm. which is something that we all grappled with. And uh, as you as you all know, here in Denver, we did not. Yeah. We struggled, of course, like many, 
And uh, we have a plan to make sure that we are not going to close our doors, which I think is the most important thing to do. I grew frustrated uh, towards the end of the holiday break as I was driving that raggedy uh, uh, (laughs) avalanche that I'm going to take off-roading. I'm going to break that thing on one of these mountains. Um, And I'm getting calls. And I'm like, what's happening here? Everybody's going straight, reverting straight to closure. Hmm. Coming to New York City, it didn't matter if it was a blizzard outside. 18 inches, your school's open. Hmm. So perhaps I'm jaded by that experience in which no matter what, we're stepping over mountains, mountains, mountains of snow, and we're going to get there because we're going to get that yeah. that that hot pizza that yeah. we all went crazy for. Yeah. Right? So, or else it was going to be a rough day for us, right? Mm-hmm. Stomach growling, and we're going to eat whatever, sardines and mangu, mm-hmm. right? Mangu's platanos. <laughs> um, so I, I grew very frustrated with, with society, not DPS, not Colorado. Society, the burden of the superintendent is closure. Mm. That's a burden. That's one of the worst things that we have to do because you can never make anyone truly, truly, truly happy. Right now, is that decision completely fall on you? That's that's the superintendent's burden. I don't even want to call it a decision. Yeah, yeah. But yes, the answer is yes. That's on me. That's on every superintendent, respectively, throughout uh, the nation, Um, if they're running the governance model as they should. Yeah. And uh, my approach with the council. I said this to my senior leadership team on Monday, um, and then on Tuesday was a call with the Council of Great City Schools. All these folks who've been sitting in the post for like 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. who think that they have all the answers. Some of them are brilliant, and some of them I just don't know to call them brilliant yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I exercised my first opportunity to, to platform to really say something. Um, I was sprinkled some feedback here and there when I was asked a question, but never to the point of what I said Tuesday. Man, being the the new guy, and and I'm pretty sure by far the youngest one in that group. Mm-hmm. So I said, if I can, if uh, it was uh, Michael Hinojosa from Dallas, he OG, he calls himself, uh, what does he reserve? Um, he has a name, a Cholo. He calls himself the mm-hmm. superintendent Cholo. He's he's as real as it gets. True okay. G, old school. Uh, he went first, and then I put my hand up in queue, and there was a uh, a lovely lady from a district that will remain nameless at the moment, right? <laughs> And she went up before I did, and I was stirred. And I said, okay. I said something to the effect of the following. I said, I don't know what has happened in society. Mm-hmm. You, you all know, those of us who deal with inclement weather, because not everybody has inclement weather in there, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas and the, the Californias. Uh, but coming from New York and in Denver, we have inclement weather. The burden is closure. I'm not interested in adding an extended vacation to that list. Mm-hmm. I'm, not a- I'm not interested in adding COVID or any variant or anything else that's going to happen or regarding a pandemic or ultimately endemic to that list, I want to keep that list to one because I don't want to add to the burden. Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, we have to change the narrative and shift the mindset to say, okay, no one's going to tell us what we need to do with our school system. Mm -hmm. I know that we all have struggles, but I take offense that everybody wants an opinion on what we should do. Hmm. So I'm asking all of you colleagues to help (laughs) me just like I've done it very forcefully here to say, okay, this is the decision of the superintendent, the burden. I said that at the board mm-hmm. meeting uh, that we had uh, yesterday evening, um, and they just all looked at me. Now, I got a whole lot of claps, and I had someone else saying, well, it's it's not philosophical, Dr. Marrero. Hmm. It's necessity. Well, so then the chat. This is where I have fun. This is why I'm not your typical superintendent. Yeah, I would be lying if I said to a certain folk, uh, who I'm friendly with and I've met throughout my travels. Que pendeja. <laughs> in, in the Zoom chat. That is not my Zoom chat. Yeah. So perhaps it's living out there somewhere. Yeah. I'm like, mira, 
que pendeja, and you should have seen the responses, and I'm not going to say to who yeah. and who responded, but just know that it was appreciated by some of the folks that you should be uh, interviewing because these are people who have a lot more experience and and probably can really, really tell you what they've been able to accomplish in their role as superintendents. Yeah, man. So, so that's you, that's a little bit of not being the typical superintendent. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How do you reconcile this thing? I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I'm in this... Uh, I'm in this new role in life, right? Professionally, whatever. A role that I'd always thought once I achieved, then you can make all the change you wanted to make, right? And then you start to realize that there's a lot of pressures, right? I'm learning about like the operational mm. capacities of things. I'm learning about the fundraising things, the weird kind of like political positioning that you have to be in. And I remember I was, I was, I was getting down over the break because I was like, damn, like I'm doing all the things I said I wanted to do. Great. I'm not making the type of societal or high level or, you know what I mean? We all want to change systems. We all want to do these things. And there's so many different needs being pulled at you. And I'm running a very, very small ship. Mm -hmm. You're running a very large ship. When you decided you wanted to become a superintendent, whether that was DPS or whatever, did you have that same type of experience? And then how do you reconcile the fact that you're just never going to be able to make everybody happy? Yeah, yeah. So two parts to that answer. In terms of making everyone happy, uh, it's still a struggle, but I have accepted it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I've engaged, and and my folks here have told me, don't even bother. That's mm -hmm. an opinion of one or two, right? Mm -hmm. on, on, like on a Twitter, right? Yeah. So I want to be active. I really yeah. believe in community and being community uh, driven and, and superintendent supported. So, mm -hmm. all right, tell me what you want. But that's one or two or even a dozen is not, you know, we have 90,000 students. Yeah. Multiply that by two if there are two in the household. Yep. We're talking hundreds of thousands of constituents. Mm -hmm. A dozen doesn't move that needle, mm. right? Um, so I do struggle with that whole making everyone happy because, you know, you're here to serve, yep. right? Um, but it doesn't keep me up at night, right? When some, like to this this morning, you know, someone's saying, hey, listen, listen to your teacher. They want schools to close. I'm like, okay. Wow, no, that's not the conversation I had with the heads of the union who represent everybody, mm. right? So I, I hear that perhaps there, there could be someone who is upset with the decision, mm -hmm. but they're part of the minority when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Still a struggle. When it comes to impact, it was never my initial goal to make impact at a, a city level, which mm. um, I have the opportunity to do now. It was at a one-to-one. -one. Uh, so if I can fast forward with, uh, I guess, the, the upbringing journey, Right when I'm heading into college, uh, graduated from Dewey Clinton, uh, which is talk about comprehensive. I don't know if it was comprehensive. It was in, incomprehensive in terms mm -hmm. of 6,000 students in mm -hmm. there, right? And I was yeah. one of 6,000. Um, easily got lost in there. It was a number, an OSIS number, which was our ID number. We called mm -hmm. it OSIS number. And a guidance council eventually got me into a place that I was able to get into the accelerated program based on, based on skill, yeah. right? Because, you know, I used to... Uh, one thing my mom, you know, we could go out, as I mentioned, but a la tarea. So when I come home, la tarea from one hour became 15 minutes because I, get, I became so good at it. It was fresh. Mm -hmm. So I, I always had that instilled in terms of being a good producer in terms of the academics. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, identified that and I was able to get a good uh, slate of acceptances in, in colleges. Uh, from the UPens to the Binghamtons, all East Coast, so mostly... Um, and I decided to go to Fordham University. I grew up on Fordham Road in the mm. Bronx. Fordham University was an oasis. When I walked in, I'm like, my Lord, this exists? There's trees here? Yeah. yeah. There's cathedrals? I was shocked. 
Yeah. So much so that I had stared at that gate for summers after summers when mm. my mom used to make us sell Avon. Hmm. Oh, my mom sold Avon too. In the street, yeah. four for 10. Yep. For the orderings, 10 bucks. That was the deal. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was able to teach my mom who didn't speak any English. I'm like, four for 10, four for 10. And then we should just take off, my brother and I, to avoid the embarrassment because the 12 bus used to cut right through Fordham Road. Mm. And I got caught once. My mm. man Lewis from down the block said, yo, we saw you selling out there. <laughs> and then we didn't know any better. So this is what Lewis said. We saw you selling like the Africans out there, the incense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was that was a beyond humiliating for, for us as a little kid, right? Not to say there's anything wrong with that. We no. get it, it ends meet. But at the time, that's, that's the last yeah, thing yeah, you yeah. wanted. Yep. Because yep. you're going to get ridiculed in school. Um, so staring at that, those gates and you no know, Fordham University used to always be something that I never understood because we lived on Fordham Road and there was a University Ave as well. So I just mm. try to, I conflated the two. Yeah. That's kind of crazy foreshadowing. Isn't it? Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it gets deeper than that. If When my brother and I used to escape after, after the rush hour and my mom used to stay there on a blanket with all these deodorants on the floor, a mm. uh, very sickly woman. Like if I could do it again, no, shame on us. Mm. Right. Because she, she lost, you know, we lost her way too early and she was just trying to do what's best and we just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. We would take off to a park which was like a block or two away on the Belmont Little Italy section mm-hmm. of the Bronx. And fast forward many years later, they create a school. And that's that's where I become principal for the first time. Talk, talk about now that's a different story. That's why I'm, I'm gonna go all over the place to yeah. But back to the to the making everyone uh happy and also impact. When I walked into Fordham, not only was it the right decision for me to say I'm gonna come here, right? When I was like, you no, know, really, really almost about to sign with a NYU, Higher Education Opportunity Program, mm-hmm. which is, you know, for students of color who you know, who are poor and also might have missed the mark mm-hmm. academics because, you know, we don't have that yeah. that Riverdale experience. We don't have that Bel Air experience. Yeah. You know? yeah. We have a lot of distractions. Uh, so when I saw that this was home and I could walk, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is where I'm coming. Best decision ever. Because mm-hmm. shortly after that, my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So can I imagine if I was out in Pennsylvania, if I was upstate, mm-hmm. it, it it would have been a wrap for me. Yeah. I'm telling you, I wouldn't have been hit. I would have I would have been somewhere else, yeah. deep in the South Bronx. When I went, uh, when we when we took her to the Dominican Republic, where she wanted to be buried, uh, where her family in the plot. I came back all shaggedy. I couldn't grow a beard then. Mm. I wasn't trying to grow a beard. It was just necessity on my face. Bags in the back of my eyes. I showed up to the welfare line in the South Bronx, Brooks Avenue. Mm. And uh, they gave me 60, 80 bucks food coupons, mm-hmm. which I was very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Used to buy a whole lot of cigarettes with those mm-hmm. for, for people in the neighborhood. Yes, mm-hmm. cigarettes with food yeah. stamps. Talk about how yeah. that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> uh, shame on the bodeguero who allowed that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and those $80 got me a carton, a couple of cartons of eggs, some you know, chicken thighs and, and milk. I called up the old man, my father, who was never in the life really, and I said, hey, listen, no, we can, no. Mom is gone. I'm by myself. My brother had gone to the military. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen. So let's, uh, you know, let's forget about all the crazy things you've done, mm-hmm. sir. Because he, he, you know, he was out there. I have half brothers out in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you know, trying to survive. Um, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I was there two consecutive days, the only two days I've ever missed in uh, my academic career because I will go to school no matter what, mm. snot nose and everything as, yeah. as a kid and definitely in college. And and I was sitting next to someone. I was no better than anybody in that room. Mm. 
we were all struggling down on our luck. Mm-hmm. Someone who had like eight kids mm-hmm. trying to take an, a basic arithmetic test, like a placement test. Someone who was reeking of alcohol, mm-hmm. throw up, mm-hmm. and other stuff. Another person missing every teeth that you can imagine had one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, this is this is my life. Mm-hmm. I'm 17, 18 years old. This can't be it. Yeah. I stay for day one, being a good kid, following protocol. Um, then the second day, I'm like, okay, let's see if it gets better. I went up to the counselor. These are all folks who are civil servants like I am who are supposed to help us. I'm explaining what I have. Listen, I, I, I lied a little bit. I said I have a scholarship, which was somewhat true. I had many scholarships through this opportunity mm-hmm. program. And I said, Fordham University, you know, it's up north. You got to take, you know, the two bus all the way up or take the four train and the 12. And she's like, I don't want to hear any of that. Mm-hmm. You sit down right there. You take the test. You did. And I said, all right. I took the test two seconds, basic arithmetic, my mm-hmm. fifth grade math. I said, what's next? I'm like, all right. Uh, like she thought I was trying to show her up. Hmm. I'm like, no, this is this is not me. She goes, young man, sit down there. First time I ever really, really disrespected authority, and I said, no, nah, not me. Hmm. F out of here, I'm out of here. Yep. And I took that bus all the way up uh, to to uh, all the way up the Grand Concourse, which is like the big, 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 big street in, in, in the Bronx, and then walked over, and then I had uh, to have the second like tough conversation because as a Latino man, mm-hmm. boy. We're told not to speak up. You man up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the first one was my was, well, my pops. The second one was with this person that has a doctor in front of them who's so intimidating to someone like me. Yep. And I said, hey, listen, uh, my mom passed uh, last week, and I don't know if uh, if I want to be able to stay here. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, not you, Alex. We've seen what you've uh, been able to, to show. So they did whatever they can to give me some support. Loans up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm superintendent of Denver Public Schools. If all of you... They need to do something about these loans. I still have yeah. them because it was so important for me to finish yep. that they they loaded me up with the loans, loaded me up, but it got me through. Yeah. Um, and that's when I shifted. I was a business student then. Hmm. And uh, the goal was to go into Wall Street, hmm. you know, sell insurance to the bodegueros and, and the mom and pops, which is still a genius idea, isn't yep. it, Trey? Yep. Right? Yep. Use that bilingualism for people who do not know how to protect their, their business. Yep. And I said, no, I have to shift. This 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 man and these people potentially saved my life. Let me do it one time over. Mm. So it's been my goal just to do it to one person. Mm. So I keep it really small. If I could do it one, yep. one, one, it starts to grow. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't really try to look at the masses mm. because I think you lose focus, right? That's when you start really getting overzealous. Yep. So it's always been about one to me. And I was provided that opportunity immediately after graduating. Mm. I was uh, started my career in higher ed. I was a financial aid counselor. Mm. Um, and I'm here with someone who's older than I am. So if let's say I'm 19, this person is 21, maybe a mm. uh, graduate or uh, about to uh, you know, finish undergrad. And uh, story, I was like a, a day or two into the job mm. and I had access to the money. So I knew where the money was. Mm-hmm. And this man, this Italian fellow, last name Di Benedetto, I'll never forget it, said, started breaking down. Said, my dad, who owns, he's a breadwinner, he has a restaurant in Little Italy. Mm. Uh, he passed, and we don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to have to drop off. I'm like, hell no. Yeah. This is it right here. I broke every rule you can imagine, went to yeah. Ed Keo, big Russian genius who was the head of the department. I'm like, Ed, you got to give this man dominant. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to load him up with loans. Yeah. 
He has his Stafford. He has his unsub. And he, and he just looked at me and he said, all right. I was the first one. He Benedetto. And I've been doing this since. Fam, the, the <laughs> amount of... <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I went and took a job right after college, but went back and worked in admissions and had damn near the same experience. It's crazy. Um, and that kid, he hit me up the other day. He was like, yo, man, I'm about to graduate. This don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... I, yeah, you're giving me a whole nother breath of life. That's, <laughs> I appreciate it. But you, you touched on this thing around particularly like Latino men and like that journey, right? And these these systems that kind of tell you to stay where you're at, this mentality to keep your head down, just grind, just show up, do what you got to do. And all these different places that are telling you not to go and finish, mm-hmm. right? And so we did this uh, project and and. Uh, with DSF and my man Nate, we he's on the podcast. If you yeah, haven't listened good. to it, listen to it. Last, great guy, last one. Great, great guy, dude, great dude. Uh, Eddie and Board Chair, big dog, big dog. Big Broncos home. fan though, something's wrong with that. Though. No, no. Hey man, don't 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 be, don't be <laughs> it's Broncos Nation over here, man. Wait, who's your team? I'm on New Yorker, man. Yeah, but like Jets or Giants. Oh, Ray, that's disrespectful. So there's only listen, New Yorkers. If you live on the island, Queens and Brooklyn, you know that this is true. But true New Yorkers mm-hmm. is blue. So you go Yankees. Okay. You go Knicks. You go Giants. Okay. And if you're into hockey, you go Rangers. Okay. If it rhymes with Ets, I'm not down with that. <laughs> so I Nets, mean- <laughs> Jets, Mets, nah. There's a song I was listening to the other day. He was like, you ain't from New York. You're a Nets fan. <laughs> I was nah. like, hmm, I wonder what that dynamic is. But uh, you talked about it. You hit a couple things, right? So this project we did, we, we had three groups. We, we talked to a group that graduated, which oftentimes have a, has a similar story, overcoming things, how to fight the system, how to yeah. navigate, maybe how to take on loans, et cetera. Uh, we had a group of folks who dropped out. And uh, what we found is a large, a large number of the folks that dropped out were the folks that left. And the reason why they ended up leaving college was because they had some type of family crisis. Yeah. Mom passed. Uh, cousin passed something ended up coming back and we're like all right cool i gotta figure this out but they were so inundated with loans over there like it just kind of compiles and we keep hearing these stories over and over and over again right and then you got the group that just never went and typically the story was well no one really talked to me about it or helped me navigate it i didn't see like the value in it you know what i mean um but the interesting thing was the people who we always ask the question around like, well, what are you going to do with your kids? Yeah. Like, are you going to encourage your kids to go to school? The people who had the most resounding yes, like, I don't care. My kids are going to school. Like, we literally had someone say, like, I don't I don't give a damn what they say. They're going to college. Were the people who never went to college. Mm-hmm. And that was less so in the group of folks who did. And yeah. I, I don't know why. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, I look at DPS and I hear a lot of the conversation. It's like DPS is what? 60 percent yeah 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 well um, close to 60 i think it's in the 50s yeah and uh no one's talking to the boys over there you know what i'm saying like what do you feel we need to what's the conversations we need to start to have to think about like we have this huge group that seems to be lost in the shuffle when we especially when we talk when we when i listen to board meetings mm-hmm. when i listen to the dialogue that's going around how do we support those kids yeah yeah. So open-ended question. Yeah. Um, if there's a solution that is boilerplate and, and uh, cookie cutter, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. 
Yep. What I'm going to say is it requires people like you, people like me, mm-hmm. people in positions of influence. Forget about positions of power because power, you, know, you can lose that from one day to another. Yeah. Right. But you really don't use your influence. Yeah. So in my journeys, I remember those pillars. And sadly, luckily, I should say, they have been strong black examples, strong yeah. black men. For me too. Those are the people that changed my life. But at the same time, luckily, right, because they've been able to embrace yeah. the whole connection, black, brown, and remember how I grew up, you know? The, mm-hmm. um, but Latino men of influence have been hard to come across. Yeah. Now, I've seen some now when I'm an adult, but no, my life, quote unquote, it's on me right now. It's somewhat mm-hmm. saved, right? Yeah. No, but when I was vulnerable, they didn't exist. The yeah. example I had was my joke of Pops who was out there, you know, mm-hmm. doing everything you're not supposed to in his eyes, what he thought he needed to do, but wasn't helping us. Mm-hmm. And we still looked at him like a God, right? Because mm-hmm. he was the big, strong man who came around and would beat somebody up. And that's all, as a kid, that's what you want yeah. to see, right? That well, was power. Power. Yeah. Right, the the ruthless guy that everybody's afraid of, but that's not the example you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't a solution other than folks like you and I. You mentioned Nate going out there and touching one at a time, mm. because I think if we try to do something that is so orchestrated, we may miss it. Mm. And then you know what's also the folks who need to support that effort, they won't support it because I think they're too afraid or they don't. It's mm. just too unknown. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had an answer. I just I'm thrilled that I'm here because yeah. I think that close to sixty percent, uh, let's say that sixty percent, thirty percent are young, uh, you know, Latino males. They can say, wait a second, no, there's a, a, a opportunity. That yeah. school that I mentioned that was erected unbeknownst to me, and I ended up you know, becoming the principal. That was just like you no know, divine intervention, serendipitous mm-hmm. at that. Uh, the last one of the last interactions I had with a parent who was from uh, Nicaragua. She was just staring at me, giving me the eerie look, like, and I'm and I'm I, being disrespectful. I'm I'm just typing away mm-hmm. and giving her like a little bit of intention. Yeah, and and I go, Senora Guadalupe was the name. Guadalupe, we just had a great meeting. No, this is nine o'clock on a Friday evening. Go home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm like, well, what else yeah, do you what's, need? What's your deal? Yeah, I put you on the SLT, the school leadership team. I empowered you, which I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? You know that I'm leaving. I already announced that I was going to go and I was going to become an assistant superintendent. I'm like, no, this is for you to make sure that the work continues. You know, mm-hmm. we just had a great meeting. What else can we talk about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then she just kept staring. He says, and she said in Spanish, and I'm going to say, and then I'll translate it for the group. She said, ya yo sé. Ya yo sé que el sacrificio dio la pena. Porque mi hijo puede ser como tú o mejor. So I stopped typing right away. I'm like, damn. How disrespectful. I'm no this email is not as important of me giving attention to Mom Guadalupe here, who just said that it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. The journey of crossing the borders, many borders, because it was not just the Mexican border for mm-hmm. her, was worth the sacrifice because her little one can be like me. Mm-hmm. But then she hit me with the all better, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I loved. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that was the one. Right. So I'm sure there were many ones during that experience there. So that was like, you know, if there was a sign, I'm like, okay, time, time to move on to the next one. Yeah. So I believe you get those signs, um, but never to lose focus of trying to do something so grand. Now, if we all align ourselves, like, Mm -hmm. no, 
No, the foundation, Denver Scholarship Foundation, Ednium, DPS, and we get no the Latino coalitions that exist here that mm-hmm. I think need to really, really yeah. connect. Yeah. Um, then we'll be taken very seriously. And here's I'll say something that's gonna be a little controversial, and I I really have no no qualms in saying it, and I'm gonna say it unapologetically that we have so many barriers as Latinos and Latinas. Don't get me started on Latinas. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm dying, fiending to bring a Latina to my executive team, which we only have one, mm-hmm. and we have the ratio that you mentioned. Yeah. And not that they don't exist, but it's it's, it's just been a struggle unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But us as brown folk, we're not playing fair with each other. Nah. We create obstacles and barriers when they already exist <laughs> in society. Yep. So why do we do that? I don't want to get into it because I think I've done an incredible job winning over the naysayers. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 it wasn't a warm welcome when I came no, here. it wasn't. It pissed me off too, if I'm being real with you. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Can I tell you a quick story about that in yeah. reverse? Yeah. And I want to name drop, but maybe you can get them on your podcast. Big wig, big wig. Uh, Richard Carranza. Mm-hmm. Now, Tijano, Mexican-American, arguably, if not the best uh, Latino leader in the nation. Not in the superintendency role, just uh, it's working in the private sector, but most formally, the chancellor of New York City. Mm. The big gig. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't get bigger than that. Yeah. It's bigger than anything you can imagine. I would say arguably bigger than Secretary of Education of the United States. Mm. Um, it doesn't get bigger than that. It is the pinnacle. He came on board and I, we had just missed each other. That was right around the time that I had that, that conversation with that parent because I had went off to become an assistant superintendent in East Ramapo, and he was announced. There was a lot of controversy because the first person turned it down from Miami, Alberto mm-hmm. Cavallo, who went now to Los Angeles. And then Carranza was mentioned. And I was unfamiliar with him. But the people, my people in New York, oh, they were like, okay, excited about it because he was a Latino. So we missed each other. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving, he's coming in. So I never worked for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but through our circles, a Latino organization, which I sit on the board, the ALAS, the mm-hmm. Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. He uh, was also on the board, and I was uh, the new board member, so we had that opportunity to engage. And I don't know if he knows this. I, f- I feel like he does now. But my Dominican folks, the Dominican organization, ADASA, and many others that exist, ADASA is the Asociación de Dominicanos Powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Even larger than Latino Caucus, which kind of doesn't make sense. The Latino Caucus is supposed to be the overarching umbrella, mm-hmm. and then everybody has their subdivisions under. Uh uh-uh. uh. Dominicans, first of all, talk about a party. <laughs> yeah, <Ooh. man>. yeah. <laughs> um, but we really were the most influential. Yep. And I was deeply rooted with them. And, and I'm not going to say it was them. I'm just saying that there was a whole lot of conversation in terms of, oh, see, sí, a Latino, pero no Dominicano. Yeah. And I was out of the system, right? I'm not in DOE anymore. And I, I'm hearing this, mm-hmm. but I'm not too far. I'm a 40-minute drive. And I go, wait a second, what's going on? I remember going down there on Friday night. Oh, you guys have a meeting? I'm crashing that meeting. Mm. You, you go all re- love me, respect me, right? Little Alexi, yeah. right? The, the second coming, I had a whole lot of support in that room. They respected me. And I said, cut it out. Yeah. Actually, they had a vaina, right? They had a vaina. Dominicans say, stop the shh. Yeah. Um, because... Yes, he's not Dominican. Yes, you weren't selected. You weren't selected. But he's a Latino, and he's going to do right by us. 
and he will be unsuccessful if we don't support. Yeah. I did that because I thought it was right. Fast forward several years later, I'm on the other end of that. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Only if you guys knew <laughs> what I th- I'm like, this is, literally, I'll be lying if I wasn't in my house. I was so excited. I'm shadow boxing on wait till I see them. Yeah. I had my list. Yep. I'm like, who wrote, who signed on this letter? Yeah. This is not where we come from. Yep. Right. So, but I have to say that I love a tremendous amount of them now. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I realized very quickly that it had nothing to do with Alex Morero. They didn't know Alex Morero. Yeah. They were dealing with a system. They were dealing with a machine. They were mm-hmm. dealing with a, a, a system that was not helping them. Yeah, a so machine I just burned them a lot. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't personalize it from there on out. Initially, come on, we're all human. Yeah, smart. We're, yeah. we're all human. I was. I was say I was tight is an understatement. I was yeah. like, What's this, Latinos? Why do we keep doing this to each other? Well, the thing that hit me and the thing that made me so upset was uh, number one, it like made me start to have the question around what is Latino. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, I'm a mixed kid. Like, you know, my and I watched my dad really struggle with it. My dad is half black, half half Mexican. And so, you know, I rolled with my pops everywhere. And like I saw, you know, I saw when the saw world the world saw him as a black man, and I saw when the world saw him as a, a Latino, right? And it was typically the two pieces of who he was that was rejecting the other side. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, and so like myself being, you know, I came up, I don't I I don't know Spanish, whatever. My wife's from, like, her whole family's from Mexico and everything. You start to learn the difference. You know what I'm saying? And so when I was when I was sitting there and I was kind of, like, watching, if you notice, I was kind of in the background, kind of, like, peeping game. <laughs> I was watching you, like, how's he going to handle this? <laughs> I'm watching them, like, and I'm like, damn, like, what does it mean? What, what does it really mean to, to build unity? What, is, yeah. what does it mean to build, you know, Strength, influence, power, whatever. Understanding that Latinos, it's not a homogenous group. No. You feel me? Like, it's not uh, not in, like, from a culture standpoint, not from a social yeah. emotional standpoint, a socioeconomic standpoint. You know, the, the, like, the, we're all humans. But, yeah. at the, but at the end of the day, we recognize, like, who we need to serve as well. Yeah. You know? Um, it put me in this really weird identity crisis, man. Because, like, I never really... I didn't have those influential figures. The people who I call my closest mentors, a vast majority of them are, are older black men, the, the ones that told me I was worth something, the ones that brought me in mm-hmm. and put me on game. And you know what I mean? Like, so that's who, I was always frustrated <laughs> with the lack of connection I had with, yeah. you know what I mean? At the end of the day though, it's I'm inextricably linked yeah, and I care deeply, you know what I mean? And so like, that's something I want to try to, Man, I don't, I don't yeah. know how we do it. But. So two two reactions, if I can. Yeah. One that now I realize why you can't dance either, <laughs> right? <laughs> because of rolling around with pops, and I don't know how pops was. <laughs> two is you're right. We're not monoliths, Latinos, yeah. and then, but at the same time, we've all been oppressed. Yeah. So why can't 100%. we unite on that front? Yeah. Right, and say yeah. okay, let's we're stronger in numbers. The obstacles and the barriers are already there. They exist. Mm-hmm. Let's not create it for each other. Hundred percent. And once we all do that, no, our, our cousins, our brothers and sisters, the black community are right mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. right? And they're right. Um, can you imagine now? Because yeah. now it's not a 60%. Now we're talking close to 80, 90%. Exactly. Right? And that is the overwhelming majority. Yep. Um, One by one is how, one by one, one, by one yeah. right? In terms of balancing the, the relationships and the pressures and all that we have to do in DPS could be challenging the way that i entered i think it was the best way because it allowed me to draw mm-hmm. 
conclusions of my own because everybody wanted to say, okay, here's what you're going to hear about so-and-so, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. that Ture guy, let me tell you about Ture. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Nate guy, I'm going to tell you about Nate. Mm-hmm. Those are only two folks we mentioned, so I'm not going to mention yeah, any yeah. other names, but trust me, that list is long. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to, and as you know, I'm going to draw my own conclusion. Now, okay, I'm going to keep back here in my own Rolodex yeah. just in case I see signs of that. But no. And no. you know what? No one's been 100%. Yeah. Because it's also about relationships. The way they interacted with you may be very different on how they interact with me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, that that has been the best way to enter this district. Yeah. And the only frustration that I think I've had to address and thank Thank God the time is now. Mm-hmm. Um, the time has come, rather, that there were some folks institutionally um, and perhaps out in the community who were waiting for me to execute or really articulate vision. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that, right? Because we've been taught vision, mission, mm-hmm. move. But I didn't have one person that I knew here in Denver. I'm as clean as a slate as it comes. And I think that's why... I was selected that I, I wasn't yeah. pro reform. I wasn't anti this. Yeah. I wasn't all about neighborhood, although that is my background. Um, and and I'm not Chicano. I'm not Mexican American. Mm-hmm. Right. So not one person that that I know intimately. I've met some people, a few like in conferences, like we all do, but I had no connection. Mm-hmm. So I drew my own conclusions. I made it a point to draw my own own conclusions. And most importantly, who am I? I'm no savior. To come in here on on day one and day two and say, okay, here's what we need to do. Yeah. Right? That will be absolutely disrespectful to this community. I had to learn. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, I needed to listen before I I enact. So those who are frustrated with vision, and I got a lot of that from my my leadership team, not executive, those leaders in the school who really are, I guess, are functioning with prior leadership mentality in which, okay, here's what we're going to do now. Yeah. That is catastrophic for systems. Right, because I think that I need to do what you all want, mm-hmm. and then I could put the morale twist on it. Right, yo, yo, that's why I respect you so much, man. As I've been watching, <laughs> my pops and, and people are probably tired of hearing me say this, but you know, one of the things that stick with me that my dad says is, uh, anybody comes in telling you that they have it all figured out is either lying to you or to themselves. And I think that the uh, the system as a whole, I don't know, I don't know why. I think it's this game that's set up that like. We all have to act like we have all the answers. Yeah. We all have to act like we're going to change everything. I got this like silver bullet. And it always backfires when you when you try to shoot that silver yeah. bullet. So, no, I appreciate it, man. What does it mean to, you know, obviously we're, we're focused on alumni. I'm thinking a lot and you're going to be hearing a lot here soon around, you know, how do we help? If we understand that education doesn't end after you graduate high school and schooling doesn't necessarily mean you have an education if you get what I'm saying? Like, how do we really support people after yeah. to make sure people are able to lead in the city that educated them? Um, but as we're kind of trying to build this movement and build this this, this uh, feedback loop and in, in, in these systems and come up with ideas, like, what does it mean for a community to truly be able to support a superintendent who is trying to do this in a one-to-one way and, and, and approaching it the way? Like, what does it mean to support you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Great great question. Hard for individuals to assume the position that I'm trying to place them in. It doesn't matter if you're a parent. Mm-hmm. No, whether it's a single home, whether it's a no uh no a wholesome mm-hmm. no family, whether it's a teacher, 
whether it's a teacher slash parent, whether it's an administrator, whether it's someone here at Central, whether it's someone who's a stakeholder like uh, you know, a community member who may be you know, in, in politics or into governmental relationships. Mm-hmm. All of these folks have their own bias and their own position and their own motive, which usually is either their children, mm-hmm. their son, daughter, their pension, I'm going to go yeah. there, right? Yeah. Or their votes for the future in the case of those, you know, who are or are politicians. What I ask is take yourself away from that living room, right? Step out of that living room, that yep. space. Before you go out and jump out the window with mm. a comment or a suggestion um, and try to understand the macro. Yep. And not just your little micro. Yeah. If I can have everybody in that space, which is never going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because people are so driven and you know, passionate about what influences them. Then I'm pretty sure that I won't have folks saying, okay, that was the wrong decision. Or even if they say, okay, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. That's a healthy place for me to be as a superintendent with these tough decisions that we have to make. And those who usually are are really, really you know, worked up about a decision or initiative or because they simply don't understand mm-hmm. the bigger picture. Yeah. Right? So my role at the same time, so that's what I would love for folks uh, to, to just shift, shift their mindset, but also shift out of that living room, mm-hmm. right? Go look at the house, that, that aerial view, that balcony view as some people uh, reference it. And what I'll do, I'll try my best to be not only communicative, but to connect. Yeah. And evidence shows that, no, it's, yes, this is a large district, but I've been able to do it. Yeah. No, I'll see folks at the game. I know I'm a Giants fan, but I I, I will be rooting for the Broncos to beat the Chiefs today. I'm going to the All game right. later. Right? right. And in there, I'm people won't know who I am, although I'm easily recognizable, this beard, this bald head. <laughs> that's another, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. You that's, can't hide. No way. Um, but I'll, I'll chop it up with whomever's there. I did that in Coors Field. That lady had no idea who I was. She was going off. Uh, this was this was during the All Star game. I was at the Home Run Derby, mm-hmm. and I have to admit, although I don't I don't mess with the Mets, you know, I, I wanted this guy to win, so yeah. he won. Big polar bear. Um, and I was talking to this lady, and she was going off. Let me tell you about the school system here. She had no idea who I was. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, eating, I'm eating it up. I'm like, oh yeah, now that's they can, someone needs to fix that. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that. No one can tell me. I don't care how large the system is. Mm. If you're out and about, you need to connect. Yeah. So okay. that's that's my that's I guess how I'm going to make this a symbiotic relationship, right? Yep. If everybody can at least shift from what they think they they know and try to understand everything else, mm-hmm. then make judgment there. At the same time, I'm going to make sure that not only do I communicate, that I connect. Mm-hmm. Right? Communication is just a piece of paper. Yeah. That people may decipher. Right. Yeah. Quote here, take it out of context, and say, okay, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But if uh, if if I give you the opportunity, if it's either one to one or in a forum, okay, let me explain this and why. Yep. So love it. love it. I mean, and I'm hoping this is a platform. And again, we're trying to build this platform for people to connect. I think that's the biggest thing I saw as a gap in our in the whole system is everyone's everyone's like posturing. You feel what I'm saying? And so, like, how do we create a platform that allows people to connect? I know we're running up on time. Um, last question I wanted to ask you is just now that you're in this space. Um, how do you define success and what do you wish you would have gotten out of school that could have helped you achieve whatever your version of success is right now? Oh, great question. It's so deep, so deep because we're in, 
such a deep hole that I have to answer it in the immediate, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to try to answer it long term. Yep. Actually, you know what? Gives an opportunity to re-engage. Yeah. I'm not going to answer it long term. I'm simply going to say that it will be part of the, the strategic plan, which mm-hmm. is community driven. Right. So I engaged in that listening and learning tour. I heard from all. Mm-hmm. No, you hosted one, mm-hmm. and there were a tremendous amount of data. Transition team grappled priorities, and the priorities are going to inform the strategic plan, and that's going to be long-term. That will be success, true success. And I'm not throwing shade, and I'm not throwing stone at prior leadership. Mm-hmm. It won't be lofty because, trust me, we're not at 80% reading proficiency, and that's what I read when I was doing research yeah. coming in here. Yeah. Far from that. Yeah. So it's not going to be lofty goals. It's going to be something that we're going to really point at and say, okay, we can do that. The most immediate may seem as if it's not a challenge, but it needs to happen. I think we need to, one, keep our schools open. Mm. We can't continue to have uh, our students regress. I think all adults, so I'm speaking beyond educators, need to shift from any mentality that is not pro-student mm. learning in the best case, which is in person. I know some folks in the audience may say no, no. and I do acknowledge that there are self-reliant learners that exist. They're usually in grade 10, 11, 12, mm. um, but not all. Mm-hmm. You have a little one, I have a little one. She was not going to learn nope. how to read if she wasn't sitting on that colorful rug. Nope. Mask and all, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. So that's the immediate goal. And I need folks to really understand what's happening in our schools and the struggle. And I'm going to go here. I'm going to give you a little controversy. Mm-hmm. But this is real as I can say it. There are some folks that work, and even in the office that we're conducting this interview, that are so disconnected hmm. from the struggle that's happening in our schools. Yeah. That I've heard comments of, well, Marrero just wants us to come in in person because he wants us all to, quote, assume the same risk, end quote. Hmm. So not only is that inaccurate, it's so disrespectful and so disconnected because coming into this building where there's 100% compliance hmm. and there's no kids, and we know that kids are notorious for spreading all <laughs> sorts of germs. Yep. Right, you want to build your immune I system. I mean, not all be spreading some germs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say to say that it's the same risk shows how disconnected they are. Yeah, no, yeah, not even real. close. Not yeah. even close. Hence, why no, we're going into the schools to support the schools. I covered the class yesterday. You know, yeah. I enjoyed it tremendously. Um, and in terms of how we can uh, support long, like midterm, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's more immediate. I, I mentioned this to you, so allow me in your platform to say the following. I have a, a student executive cabinet mm-hmm. that I establish, and then I also have uh, just, uh, I guess, a normal cabinet. So a larger group mm-hmm. will be one high school student from all of our high schools, a senior, and then I have an executive one, which is, you know, like a, a pot of five. Yep. And they, they make decisions. They inform me. Um, why wouldn't I, right? Because they're the ones living it at exactly. the moment. Right, grade 12, and usually the criteria is that you have to have some exposure to Denver Public Schools. Ideally, you've gone through mm-hmm. you know, the K-12 continuum. If there is a close second, and arguably maybe even the first, is the alumni group, the recent graduates. Yep. Because not only have they gone through the system most recently, they're out. Mm-hmm. And now they can tell us, wait a second. Yeah. I wasn't prepared. Yep. So I would love to see how strategically, perhaps with the strategic plan, are we going to incorporate true alumni not voice but decision making love it it's missing 
Yeah. So it's it's a toss up. Is it grade twelve folks mm-hmm. or recent graduates? You know, I've I've said this to you before. Mm. But there's no need to say, okay, one over the other. Why can't we have both, right? Yeah. I already have my seniors informing me on what I need to. And trust me, they take me to school. Yeah. They, they tell yeah. me, hey, Doc, why know. did you do this? I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> now, let's forget. Let's respect your elders, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm giving you the, the voice and the power, but let's not go overboard right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm still human. Jeez. So I, I, I tease because I, I really gave them that. And you know, from, from session one now to session whatever we're up, they feel so entitled. All right, doc. All right, let's. Have, now, how yeah. was your break? Oh, here's what we need to tell you. Yeah. Right now, I know that I've got them. I think what's missing is yeah. the alumni. I know you're doing incredible work with that. Yeah. I want to see how it lives in the system, though. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. I appreciate you, man. Thank man, you. Listen, always a pleasure. And I hope this is just not a one-off uh, oh, invitation. Nah. Uh, nah. One thing you'll learn about me, bro. I'm persistent. I won't yeah. be hitting you. <laughs> you, you mentioned it uh, through my rounds. I used to see this guy, you know, had a little swag with him, tall fella with a hat. I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. And then he started, uh, then he approached him like, okay. So everything you said just earlier is absolutely, you were watching and observing yeah. before you approach. And when you approach, you were consistent with your approach. So thank you. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you, man. All right. Take Have fun at the game. Go Broncos. Yeah, go Let's Broncos go. for this one for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, brother. All right. Thanks. All right, y'all. That was Dr. Alex Marrero, new DPS superintendent. Um, I got a lot from that conversation. I'm excited about the direction, uh, uh, the potential direction that we have uh, in this district. Uh, We got a lot of work to do. Um, As I hope y'all are hearing, we have a lot of opportunity and a lot of great people uh, to be able to make the moves and and make the work happen. Um, It's just going to kind of fall on us to make sure we don't get distracted and that we stay focused on the goal that is to serve students and to, to truly be able to build an infrastructure for DPS alumni to be able to thrive. Um, I appreciate y'all rocking with us. Again, we're, we, we, got a, we got a stacked deck for the, next, uh, for the next few months, to be real with you. This whole year, we're going to go heavy on this. I encourage y'all to l- listen to older podcasts, particularly the one with Nate Cadena, uh, talking about how we support Latino males in their post-secondary attainment. Um, and we're going to keep this rocking. Um, Again, appreciate the support and I'll see y'all next week. Peace.